What's poppin' everybody? This is Logan Murdoch from Real Ones, and I have some big news to share. On Saturday, February 18th, the Ringer NBA show will be hitting the road for All-Star Weekend for a live show in Salt Lake City. You heard that right. We are taping the pod in front of a live audience in Salt Lake next month, and we want you to join us. Pull up on us at the Stateroom in the heart of downtown Salt Lake. You can grab your tickets now at thestateroom.com. That's thestateroom.com. Doors open at 9 o'clock. Show is at 10. It's going to be a 21 and up event. Come hang with the gang and chat. Mid-season updates, draft preview, and even have a Q&A with us. Space is limited, so grab your tickets while they last at thestateroom.com or click the link in the description of this show. Hope to see y'all in there. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person select dates. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me on this Thursday as we prepare for the All-Star break is Kevin O'Connor from TheRinger.com, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Connor, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Characters, Kevin O'Comment, Kevin Bruno! What's that on your shirt there? What's that say? Back nine? Back nine bullies! It's Tiger oh. Woods. He's back. Oh, okay. Love it. You should, you're in uh, California, you should drive over there to the Genesis Invitational as he is going to be playing golf for the first time in forever Wow! today. Yeah, Tiger Woods is back. Hopefully, hopefully he can make it through. Hopefully he can walk. One of my favorite athletes of all time, for sure. I want to believe that it's not over, over. This is not a golf pod. This is a basketball pod. In the NBA All-Star Game, and all of the events surrounding All-Star Weekend are going on uh, just in a few days. I'm going to be headed over there to beautiful Salt Lake City. I've been to Utah twice before in my life. I loved it both times. I thought it was beautiful. I like mountains. Never really around mountains, as you know. Not a lot of mountains in Memphis, Tennessee. So I like to see the mountains, the snow-capped mountains. They wouldn't have traded Mike Conley. I probably would have just crashed at his house, but now I have to get a hotel. <laughs> Too bad, huh? <laughs> what, he's not renting it out for Airbnb right now? I don't know. Maybe he is. You could probably get a 
you can probably get a hefty coin for it with all the people that are going to be there. Uh, the last time I was there, I actually went to Park City, which is gorgeous. And I'm driving through the Uber driver. As I'm, this is the two things I remember about Utah the last time I was there outside of, you know, family vacation. But Uber driver's taking me uh, and the family to, uh, to the hotel. And as we're driving down the highway, there are like these huge, like guardrails, but they're like high. Not like a normal guardrail you would see like on the highway, right? Like, hi. And I'm like, are people like, you know, worried about like flying off the, the mountain or something? Like, why are, they, why are these guardrails so high? You know what he told me? It's for moose. And I was like, what? And he's like, it's for moose. And I'm like, and at that point, like, you can't tell if the guy's screwing with you or not. I'm like, are you being serious? He's like, yes, for moose. So I start like Googling moose or whatever, and they're like, you know, over a thousand pounds. I mean, you hit a moose, it's going to wreck everything. And so like, they don't want to hit, so they have these guardrails so that moose can't like just run up on the highway. And evidently mm. they run like fast as crap too. So, really? Moose yeah. run fast? Yeah, but I didn't see a moose while I was there. So that's my goal. I'm hoping that I can see a moose. While I'm there, because I was just made not aware. on the highway, just not on huh? the middle of yeah, the road. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> see it on the highway. I want to see it in the wild. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I want to see yeah, it while, while you're out, yeah. you know, for a hike or something. Well, I mean, they've got to be out there. They got to be just like in the wild or whatever. And so I was like, man, it is beautiful up here. I'm like, uh, just gorgeous. And he's like, you know, uh, and I was like, you drive around like a lot of celebrities or whatever. Cause uh, you know, a lot of celebrities like have houses up in Park City, Utah and whatever. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know who I've been driving around a lot? Because this is a couple of years ago. And he's like, you ever watch that show Yellowstone? And I was like, no. I was like, my dad loves it. Um, you know, that Kevin Costner show. I mean, it's mega famous now. And he's like, they filmed that here. And I was like, really? They filmed Yellowstone in Park City, Utah? Like, if you had figured, they would have, I don't know, filmed it where it's based. I don't <laughs> At least like a, a huge portion of it was filmed in, there. So he's like, yeah, so I drive around a lot of those people all the time and whatever. Those are only really two things I remember. So I didn't I didn't see Kevin Costner or a moose last time. So now <laughs> my two goals are to see Kevin Costner and a moose. Well, how about Kevin Costner on a moose? That would be amazing. That'd be double whammy, obviously. Yeah, yeah exactly. Save yes. a lot of time that way. Yeah. I and obviously not on the highway. No. I, I wanna see I wanna see Kevin Costner and a moose in the wild. <laughs> it's like Utah, a fever dream if you have that Utah it is and I saw um, look there's going to be a million events going on uh, I hope Utah's a really good host city when I looked everything up everything's like walking distance that's good that's always mm -hmm. makes for a great event town minus Charlotte the cold as long as yeah, you're yeah, dressed yeah. warm you, get, you better be dressed warm it'll but be like a high like, of 40 a low of 25 dressed the last warm. The last time I went to an all-star weekend was Chicago, and it was negative two. So this will be better than that. Chicago was, and that was right before COVID hit. Because um, then the next year they had it like in Atlanta or something. And, la and then last year it was Cleveland, and the weather was so bad, we had like four flights canceled. So I never even went. I was, I was supposed to go last year, but I did not go. So this is the first time in a long time for me. You think you'll make it out there? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That would be the trifecta.
Kevin mm-hmm. Costner, a moose, and Kevin O'Connor in the wild. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Surely I'll be able to accomplish one of those. Which do you yeah. think is most likely? Probably uh, the Kevin Costner one. And then O'Connor, and then Moose, or and would you rank Moose, moose yeah, ahead yeah. of? I, I'd put Moose last. Yeah, I hope. Moose. I mean, you you might be like having some drunken if night I out. If I send you a find, picture find a of moose. a moose, if I send you a picture of a moose that I see, we'll be so excited. <laughs> yeah. It has to be a moose like in the wild. There needs to be trees and grass and snow around. It can't be like you know, yeah, you know, on display. You know, no, no, at, no, at no, the no, arena no, or something no, like no, that. No, that doesn't stuffed count. Moose. <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Anyways, look, All-Star Weekend is coming up. There's going to be all kinds of events going on. Some taxidermy uh, at the arena. We are we are recording this before the Thursday night games, of which there's just a few. I went to a game last night. I saw I saw the Grizzlies play against the Jazz. Ain't nothing really to talk about. I mean, it was it was fine. I mean, it, you never know with the last game before the All-Star break and. A lot of the jazz guys have a million events that they've got to be a part of coming up. Uh, I saw Jaron Jackson Jr. had four fake blocks. He had four fake blocks. He also had uh, <laughs> he also had five fake steals. totally fake steals. Yeah, yeah, phony big big night. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I mean, it, it, honestly, like it was they they're blowing them out, and then they just stopped playing completely and. I'll give the Jazz and Will Hardy credit because they just keep on playing, keep on playing, keep on playing. They make you beat them because they don't quit. They keep on playing out. And it was funny, you know, with the way this goes when we're to the home stretch of the season, guy tweeted me in the middle of the game and he's like, will you tell your team to start playing? Jazz fans want a 20-game losing streak. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if these players and that coach are going to let a 20-game losing streak happen. And it's interesting to, uh, just watching them play last night, that team plays it out like you can. They're down twenty four. You can't lay down. Instead, they're playing hard all the way to the buzzer. And even when they were down one eleven to a hundred, they went on like an eight zero run to make it a game at the end. And I was sitting there thinking, are they gonna punt? Like, are they gonna like lose on purpose? No, I, you know, I don't going th- I don't down think the stretch, so are they going to stay no. in this mix? Well, here, here's the thing with the Jazz, right? Like their upcoming schedule after the All Star break: OKC, two versus Spurs, two versus OKC again, and then against Dallas, one of the worst defenses assembled in the league. Then Orlando, then Charlotte. That's their first big group of games after the break. That's a lot of winnable games for the Jazz, right? For sure, that is. They, they, they that, might rattle out a pretty good streak. And Will Hardy's done a fantastic job for sure. He's made a big impression on everybody. And I'll tell you, my uh, the host on our pregame show had this crazy stat last night, Rob Fisher. He said that, you know, because Taylor Jenkins and Will Hardy, both from the Popovich lineage, he had a stat that said that as a, like those two guys are from uh, the Popovich tree, as it were, either played or coached with. And he said 24% of the coaches in the NBA have now either coached or played for Greg Popovich. Hmm. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that's still coaching, Mm -hmm. for a guy that is still coaching in the league, for there to be that percentage of guys that have some level of involvement with him, what what a legacy. That's crazy. And watching two young coaches, you know, these guys are both uh, in the 30s, 
both Hardy and uh, and Jenkins um, coaching against each other last night, and they both had that connection also. But anyway, you never know in the last game before the All-Star break and what it's going to look like. We did see some cool things happen last night, and today, as we get ready for All-Star weekend, we are going to play everybody's favorite game. That's true. That might be true. That's ridiculous. Let's go. Yeah, people have been waiting for this well, for a long let's time. Go. Verno sent me the text this morning. I was so excited. I was like, let's go. Fire yeah, perfect it up, timing. Baby. Perfect timing it right is. before All-Star break. Okay. <laughs> for those of you unaware, just give a statement, and then I'm going to let Kevin decide if that's true, if that might be true, if that is ridiculous. <laughs> Number one. Our buddy Tim Bontemps from ESPN does an MVP straw poll throughout the season. Last time we saw that straw poll, I believe Jason Tatum was in first place on the, and it's oh, it's always good to look at it throughout the season because it gives it a snapshot of what everybody's thinking and where we are at that point in the season. Well, the new one dropped this morning, and the title of the article that he wrote was NBA MVP straw poll 2.0. Nikola Jokic is chasing history. Here's why he might capture it. Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, that's the list. In the more than 76-year history of the NBA, only three players have won three consecutive MVPs, and it hasn't been done in nearly 40 years when Larry Bird last accomplished the feat, 1984 to 1986. Okay? And the reason that that is broached is because in the straw poll, Nikola Jokic has 77 first place votes. The next closest in the MVP straw poll, which is of voters for said award at this point in the season, is Giannis Antetokounmpo with 11 first place votes. Joel Embiid has six first place votes. Jason Tatum has five, and only one player, uh, one other player, got a first place vote, and that was Luka Doncic with one MVP vote. All right. In our first question of that's true, that might be true, that's ridiculous. Kevin, the MVP straw poll is exactly how it should be at this point. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, Chris. And I think with Jokic at number one, he was fifth last time, the first time Bontemps did this vote uh, on ESPN. So he goes from five to one, five back in December, one now in the middle of February. It's ridiculous because of the discrepancy between Jokic with 77 first place votes and Giannis with only 11. And three of the 100 voters also left Giannis off of their ballot, which is, that's definitely ridiculous as well. So I think with Giannis, uh, he he was second when Bontemps did this back in December. He's second again now. He's the only player in the top five where there's any consistency. Tatum goes from one to four. Luca from three to five. And Bede from ten to three. He was not even in the top five last time this was done. Giannis was two back in December. He's two again now. I'm shocked, though, that the differential between Jokic and Giannis is so significant. With 77 for Jokic, like you said, only 11 first-place votes for Giannis. Two stats went viral on NBA Twitter this week that I thought were pretty good numbers. StatMuse put out 
Giannis is the first player since Wilt Chamberlain to average 30, 10, and 5 while shooting over 50% from the field. There's another stat I saw someone tweet out. Opponents are shooting only 41% when Giannis is the closest defender. That's one of the best marks in the NBA. That number, the latter one, inspired me to look up some of his second spectrum numbers. And here's a really good one for you, Chris. Giannis ranks number one in the NBA as the player defending the ball handler in pick and rolls, allowing only 0.76 points per pick and roll of the 283 players to defend over 100 pick and rolls. Giannis ranks number one of the 60 players to defend the big man in the pick and roll, allowing only 0.86 points per pick and roll. In other words, Giannis is the elite of the elite when he is the guy guarding the ball handler or the guy guarding the guy setting the screen. So he's defending better than Embiid or AD when he's def- when he's defending the screen. He's defending better than Mikel Bridges and all these great perimeter guys when he's defending as the perimeter guy because he can do everything on defense. He can defend ball screens. He can drop. He can blitz. He can switch. He can roam off ball and help Brooke Lopez inside the paint. He can close out on shooters. He can lock down man-to-man on the perimeter. He's the most important player on the Bucks defense, not Brooke Lopez. And I, I think defense has not entered the equation enough when we're talking about the most valuable player in the NBA. The fact that 77 for Jokic, he statistically and eye test, no matter what you want to use, is an average, above-average defender. Giannis is elite of the elite on defense and their engine on offense, putting up 30, 10, and 5. First player to do it since Wilt Chamberlain. To me, Giannis is number one in the NBA MVP race right now. To me, he's number one. Jokic would be number two. Embiid, number three. Tatum, four. Luka, five. That's my top five at this moment. Jokic is having an unbelievable season. This is no knock against him. But I'm shocked that it's 77 to 11 for Jokic over Giannis right now in MVP. That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm glad you said that he is your number one, because I think what happens a lot of times when everybody's having this discussion is they can say, hey, look, I agree that Jokic should be the MVP, but it should not be that big of a margin, right? And then you say, well, all right, well, if they gave you a first place vote, who would you vote for? Like, oh, well, I'd, I'd vote for Jokic. It's like, well... <laughs> What's the problem? Like You just did what everybody else is doing right now, right? So I appreciate that you say, I'd have Giannis won. If I'm casting a vote, I'd have Giannis won. And I do wonder that when people see something like this, because it is impossible to separate it from context and the fact that it is three consecutive. I know that every season has to be looked at it by itself. But there Which is, is a how history. I look at it. For just just to interject there, it's clear. That's the way I look at it. It's just this season. That, this There's season a history only. of the game that we always look at. It's mm-hmm. just subconsciously, even if it's not outright. Um, I do wonder if this will be where the resent kicks in and the, the picking apart starts to take place. And I'm not saying you're picking them apart. I'm saying you are... You are bringing up something that is reality, which is if I am judging two players and one, and they are both absolutely incredible offensively in what they bring to the table, but one is the best the best on the other end of the court also, while the, uh, while the other is clearly 
Not that. Has he gotten better as a defender? Sure. But he is not an elite defender that is that can be the engine for an elite defense. And Giannis is exactly that. He is the engine for an elite defense. And that's why they have the record that they do. They don't have the record they do because of offense, because their offense was in the 20s. And I don't know where it is right now, but for the majority of the season, it was in the 20s. Probably changed a lot since this 11-game win streak. But they've done it on the defensive end. And number t- number two defensive rating on the entire yeah. season right and now. He's and, no, and, he, and, he, and he's that guy. I know Lopez has had a really good year, but I promise you, if Giannis Antetokounmpo is not involved in that defense, it's not number two. Oh, you definitely know. not. I mean, Brooke Lopez is, is awesome at what he does. Yes. Dropping in the pick and roll, you know, using his size around the basket. But Giannis is that guy you can plug into. Like I just said, he is number one when defending the ball handler in pick and rolls. Number one when defending the screener in pick and rolls. He can do literally anything on defense. Anything. And he dominates. I think Jokic is amazing. I, again, I kind of feel like the way I felt last year. Um, Honestly, Embiid's not getting the credit he deserves either. You know, I just figured it would be, uh, look, this is not about uh, anybody's wrong for thinking they're no. all great players, okay? I am surprised it is not more dispersed between not only Jokic and Giannis, but does all that, three for that matter. Does, Why does, that, does that suggest there's some group think potentially? Unlike, no you know... I mean, could could there be? No question. I don't know the pool of people Tim's asking. Like, I, I know the NBA pool, you know, has a lot of people from, like, you know, outlets overseas, right? Yeah. You know, people who aren't on Twitter, right? Like, that type of thing. I'm sure Tim's sample is is terrific. Um, but I do wonder if it's, like, more internet-leaning of a sample than the actual NBA sample that they use for for the actual vote itself come April. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just you know throwing out a thought there. Um, but well, I mean, unless you believe, uh, yeah, unless you believe that just everybody independently came up with the same idea. That's hard seventy-seven, to Chris. Yeah, and I know. Th- and three people left Giannis off their ballot. Hmm. In fairness. The history of the award, and I know there have been outliers, the Westbrook one, even the Jokic one. Over the history of the league, you're usually on one of the best two teams, and you're one of the best players, and you're the best player on one of the best two teams. Which is why with the, with the Jokic at number one in the West right now, right, he's getting that nod, that third best record in the NBA behind Milwaukee, by the way. And Tatum was the guy that was leading the last time the strong yeah. went on, right? So if you're looking at those best three players right now, the best three players on the teams with the best records are Jokic, Tatum, and Embiid. I, and I don't know why the Tatum thing slipped so much. It's not like he hasn't still been awesome this year. Yeah. Jason Tatum's been fantastic. He's like slipped slightly from the peak, but he's still been. Absolutely incredible. I, He's the I wonder, best player on the best team. Oh, for sure. And I, I wonder if part of it is is like with, with Tatum, um, like like my reasoning for having him lower is simply due to the fact that Boston is so deep and so awesome. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, I, I, it's not like his numbers have slipped significantly, as you said. I think if you look at his numbers ever since the last time that poll 
was taken is probably not too far off, you know, raw numbers wise or statistically, you know, compared to what he was doing the first two months of the season. Um, I'll try to pull that open real quick while I'm talking here. But and in fairness, they were burying people. Yeah, well, that's part of it, I think. At that point, like they were so far and away. I, I just pulled. I just did pull it up here. So his first, his first 29 games of the year. This was up until that first straw poll was published on December 16th. He was Tatum was averaging 30.2 points, 8.2 rebounds, 4.1 assists, shooting 36% from three. 47% from the field. Since then, very, very similar. Very similar. 31.1 points per game, nine rebounds per game, 5.1 assists per game. It's been like a slight dip in field goal percentage to 45.8, slight up, it's almost identical at three-point percentage, 35.7. It's like his numbers are pretty much identical. And yet, you know, because Boston has, you know, had like, what, a three-game losing streak or like two, three game losing streaks during the stretch, maybe that impacted the vote. But I think I don't think it's that. I think more than anything else, it's probably just the fact that the Celtics are so big, so deep, and so strong that Tatum's getting knocked for not carrying a roster like Jokic, Embiid, or Giannis. You know more so than than Tatum. I think you make a very good point that people think less of Jokic's supporting cast. Right or wrong, they do. And so you are penalized because mm. you are on a better team. Which is the fascinating thing, Chris, right? Like, I was looking at this this morning and prep for the pod because I was curious about, like, the one knock people have on Giannis is his turnovers, right? You know, he in his lower assists than Jokic. Jokic has, like, nearly double the assists per game. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over as much as Giannis despite having the ball in his hands far more often. So I was curious with, with Giannis's assist numbers because... The Bucks don't shoot the ball well from three. They're, they have a below-average three-point shooting team this season. That's not just because of Giannis's numbers. It's everybody else. On the year, when Giannis passes the ball to his teammates, they're shooting 32% on three-pointers. When Jokic passes the ball to, to his teammates, they're shooting 39% on three-pointers. When Jokic has a potential assist opportunity, which is what Second Spectrum calls like you know a pass leading to a shot, it could be an assist, those are converted into an actual assist 60.5% of the time. When Giannis has a potential assist, it's converted only 47.6% of the time, less than half, which is one of the worst marks in the entire league. So Milwaukee's teammates are not hitting threes this year, right? They're not converting Giannis's passes as often as they are with Jokic. And that's like, again, Jokic is a transcendent passer, the greatest passer of all time. There's a lot that goes into that number, including the accuracy of the pass, creating an opportunity for the player. However, the fact that the Bucks are shooting only 32% on Giannis's passes leading to three-pointers, that is also, you know, it correlates with the overall team percentage, which is subpar. So I think when you're talking supporting cast, the Nuggets have done a hell of a job building that team around Jokic with big, lengthy defenders, a bunch of guys who are high IQ players who know how to cut and move. Aaron Gordon, Brown, like so, KCP, like they got a really good supporting cast, man. Jamal Murray's looking like he's back. And, and Michael Porter Jr. looks like he's back. That supporting cast is really, really, really good. But people that. are trained to believe that they would suck without him. Yes, exactly. Which they, they I mean, they're not good without him. Just like the Bucks aren't good without Giannis and, and the Sixers aren't good without Embiid. 
because that's what happens when you pull out the best player on your team, right? And that, like but you, that's what hurts Tatum is because they can win games. With, it, yeah. it, Boston is better equipped to win basketball games, not not at the highest level, but in the regular. It season. does. It, it does hurt, and that's that's why. I mean, I have Tatum fourth on my ballot as well, which it seems like voters do as well. I, I just I think this. I just think the big mistake is seventy-seven to eleven. Jokic over Giannis. That should be a lot tighter. And of course, like you said, Chris, Embiid probably deserves a bit more love as well. But I think Giannis has been underrated all year long, and, and it's uh, baffling to me, considering what he's done on both ends. Well, and remember, I thought a couple weeks ago when we did that show about Embiid thrashing Jokic on national TV that felt like a lot of people watch it, that that actually could have an impact. Right? Guess not. And it Guess just, not. <laughs> he just Guess didn't. Guess not. Yeah. Just, just didn't. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. So you could do that on the FanDuel app, and if you want to, you can combine bets for a bigger payout using the same game parlay. You can do that with points, rebounds, assists, player props, or FanDuel-exclusive bets like the 2 by 3 which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. So give a no-sweat first bet a try for up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com forward slash mismatch. That's FanDuel.com slash mismatch. Head there to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. The refund is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days and restrictions do apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com forward slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Connecticut, visit ccpg.org forward slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghealth.org. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. Next statement. Oh, what a story last night was with Mikel Bridges getting the career high. Chris, the lucky Nets. Wh- wh- what I tell you, man? I told you last week about Bridges. The Grizzlies offered four first-round picks for him. What I tell you about? <laughs> this guy is. Mm-hmm. We're about to find out how what what the ceiling is because he's certainly going to get the opportunity. And man, they were bopping the ball around everywhere. All these role players, but all playing together. Uh, statement number two, the Nets could win a playoff series. Against the Heat or the Knicks, that might be true. Uh, against the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that, against that, any of those. Come on. Well, I mean, against the Heat or Knicks. No. I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally by Against the Knicks? They're not winning the series. The Knicks are hot. What have you been yeah, watching? They are, they are, they are hot. They got they Josh are. Hart now. You better pull the phone. <laughs> they are hot. I, I mean, it's Jalen all, Brunson. All. Jalen Brunson's turned into a uh, freaking 1962 Oscar Robertson. <laughs> That's been I, amazing. I mean, it's probably ridiculous against any of them, but it might be true. You could give them like a sliver of a chance against those teams. They are so much more fun, though. The Nets. Yeah, yes. they are. Yeah. They say the vibe around there is so much better. You just watch them. You know, it's so crazy to watch. And you see a team that, like, 
seems like it's having fun playing basketball, and it stands out. You can't help but think about the Nets prior to the debacle that was throwing together Durant, Irving, and Harden. And while nobody's going to rip them for taking a shot at that, we remember that one of the most fun teams ever was that, you know, Jared Dudley and Ed Davis and all those guys like doing all these dances and wild crap on the sidelines and the D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, like that, Karis LeVert, that team was fun. They're fun to watch. The Kenny Atkinson version. And it has felt like a very joyless operation for some time. And you see Bridges and you see him play into the crowd last night and having 45 and knocking down all manner of shots. Fun. Bridges brings so much like joy to the court and yes. locker room, bus rides, plane rides, whatever. That's, that's what the Suns, what made it so painful. You know, you upgrade from Bridges to KD, but you lose that man in the locker room. Like Bridges is one of the most beloved teammates that Phoenix has ever had. And now Brooklyn has him as, as, a, as, a, as a person who brings joy, but also is like brings leadership qualities. And he's really freaking good. Like, yep. my goodness, what he's turned himself. Remember when he couldn't shoot early in his career with the Suns when he had the little hitch in his jumper? And now he's like coming. Like, I thought it was amazing. Jock Vaughn already has installed like Bridges running off of down screens to get the three pointers. Bridges was like relocating off driving kicks to get behind the arc and the pull ups, the leaning jumpers off of drives to the basket. This, this no, I think with Mikel Bridges, he was always projected as a three and D guy. Um, like the work he's put into his handle and his his shot fluidity off of movement. I mean, you got to give him all the credit in the world to become the guy that he has, averaging 23 points over the last two months ever since the Suns really gave him an uptick and opportunity. And now the Nets are feeding him even more. It's just a testament to all the work he's put in over the years. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and like the, he's a real keeper. He is. And the truth is, who cares if they can win a playoff series? They're a lot of fun Doesn't to matter. watch and much more fun no, to watch. Yeah. I am much more likely to flip on the Nets than I was two weeks ago, certainly when uh, post-KD injury. Chris, I, I think I, I want to repeat myself with what I said last week with the Nets. They're, they are the team now that's just missing the star. They, they have everything else. They're just missing that superstar. So they, they lost one of them in Kevin Durant. They lost a star, an all-star in Kyrie Irving. This team right now, the level of versatility on defense, they have Bridges who can step up. Like maybe he can, maybe Mikel Bridges can be the number two on a championship team. Mm -hmm. You know, he's definitely a number three, I think, with what he's shown offensively these last couple months. But they have all the wings. They have Nick Claxton. They got an upside guard and, and Cam Thomas. They just need the star. That's what they're missing. Next one. The Mavericks made things worse, and Kyrie will be a rental and be elsewhere next season. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a lot of things in one. Um, Kyrie being elsewhere next season, I don't know. I re I really don't know. Well, then that would be that might be true. That might be true. Yeah, you're, um, you're not playing the game. There is no I don't know. Did <laughs> you know the rules of the game? Uh, okay, that might be true. So and take them one by one. All right, and fine. The, and the it made, Mavericks it made, got it made worse. things worse. That might be true because of the, what we talked about Tuesday: bad defense, bad depth, bad coach. Well, that, that that sounds like that's true. Then it might be true because their offensive upside is still significant. Like right now, you have Jason Kidd. You know, 
fiddling around, right? Say what you want about Christian Wood on defense. Say he's unaware or that he makes mistakes or that he's out of position. You lazy, say they that say. Up. They yeah, say he's say, lazy. You can, you can say that if you want to, but he's losing minutes to other guys who don't get defensive stops and Dwight Powell and JaVale, JaVale McGee, players who are quite obviously inferior on offense. So if Jason Kidd stops, you know, messing around here and totally leans all the way in on offense to try to build a juggernaut that can't be stopped with Wood, Kyrie, and Luca as your big three on offense as scores surrounded by some three and D guys once Max and Kleba gets back, then maybe like they're so good on offense that they're creating more half-court defensive opportunities to put themselves in positions where they're not getting run out on transition or, you know, early offense where they get shredded. So I think that's, that's, you know, the thing for Dallas right now with the kids trying to figure out, can I, can I survive with Dwight Powell or JaVale McGee at the five instead of Christian Wood and keep mismanaging his situation? I don't think the answer is going to end up being yes. Let me play the role of Jason Kidd. Okay. All right, Jay Kidd. Number one, Kevin Duradama. No, I'm, I'm, again, I'm playing Jason Kidd. I'm just playing Jason Kidd. I'm not using this as a license to say what I want. If I'm Jason Kidd and you say, I know you keep talking about Christian Wood and mismanaging him, and I know you're bringing up Dwight Powell and JaVal McGee. And I agree with you, Kevin. They're not good, and they're not good enough. And that's because my stupid front office doesn't give me good enough players. If they gave me good enough players, I'd win. Look at me. I made it to the damn West Finals last year with Luca and a bunch of dudes. Here's why I have a problem playing Christian Wood over the other guys. It's a very simple reason. It is because the other guys try. And yes, they're no good, but at least they try. And I can sleep at night when I know the guy out there, even if he comes up, Failing, at least he tried. And also, screw Christian Wood and go to hell, Kevin. There's my uh, Jason <laughs> Kidd impression. <laughs> what was uh, was Christian Wood trying in their January win on the road against the Lakers when he blocked LeBron James late in the I mean, game when he had multiple blocks at the rim on Russ? That, that late was in probably the game Anthony Davis in overtime. Fault. Let's be honest. If he blocked LeBron, it's Anthony Davis' fault. I'm not sure now if I'm talking to Jason Kidd or Chris Vernon. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. I'm switching back. <laughs> Look, I, um, the other thing is, like, all these stories are out there about them. Like, it, like I saw a headline today. The Mavericks tried to trade Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. at deadline. Unsuccessfully. I'm like, oh, that's always great. It's always great when you've got two guys that you're counting on being seven, eight-man rotation guys for you for the rest of the year going into the playoffs, seeing their names in the headline that you didn't want them. Tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's not what you want out there. It's not great for team morale. I think that team's going to fall apart. Maybe not this year, but it, it, it's at some point going to fall apart. And then the Luka thing will come in the spotlight. It mm-hmm. just will, because that's yeah. the drama that is always involved. Whenever a star, if you you know, we're looking up and they're like not much closer to building something credible around him, credible enough yeah. to give him a chance to win a title. Yeah, because he's clearly because he's going to be going into you know prime prime 
25, 26, 27, 28, those years of his career, which are theoretically going to be the best. Next statement, Kawhi Leonard is being slept on and is back to being one of the best players in the league. I don't, I don't think he's being slept on. So I'd say that's ridiculous. I think Kawhi's getting the love he deserves. Maybe, maybe it's just in my own, you know, small little bubble here. But with the ringer, we have our top 100 rankings coming out next week. And unfathomably, Dylan Brooks is still going to be in the top 100. No idea what, what we're doing here. But does his agent do the list? (laughs) I, I, maybe I have no idea. I, I, That blows my mind, to be honest with you, Chris. But He's in the I, I top think, 100? Yeah, it makes no sense at all. But mm. um, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard in the upcoming update moves up to number nine. Oh, wow. Uh, on, on the vote, according to uh, Michael Pina, Rob Mahoney, J. Kyle Mann, and myself. So that's the average rank that he received. I forget where I had him exactly. It wasn't that high. Um, so that makes me wonder about you know where the others had him. Um, but you know what was uh, I, wild when I was I think I, when, I think I had him like 15 for what it's worth Chris when I was looking at it last night um, you know it see that's highlight of him having the the big night against Golden State and the clip of Draymond Green laughing with him after he hit that shot over Draymond and if you just pull up like Clipper stats he has not played he's played in 30 something games but his stats are like identical to Paul George's except it's a higher field goal percentage and Paul George is about to be in the All-Star game, right? And I know he's played less games, what, like 10 less games, something like that? But, I mean, I don't think that people realize that he's, like, those numbers are right there. I think it's like a point difference. It's the same rebounds, steals, blocks, and the field goal percentage, he's shooting over 50% from the field. Like, is it possible he could be the best player on an awesome playoff team. That's what I guess we're getting to here. Is he that? Maybe. Yeah. That might be true. I mean, he's played, what, 50 games in like two? I mean, what if he's like, you know, playing enough and then he's going to be ready to go for the home stretch throughout the playoffs? There are nights when you watch him and it's like, damn, man, that's Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. He doesn't have the explosion, but geez, man. I mean, he's getting a lot of that back, though. Yeah. It looks better and better as the year goes on. I don't think we've considered that. I guess that's the point. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, maybe, maybe it's, you know, my own little circle that, that has. But, I, I mean, he's averaging 28 points, six rebounds, four assists, his last 15 to 20 games, barely taking any time off, playing heavy minutes, 36 minutes per game. He looks more and more and more like Kawhi Leonard that that we saw pre-injury, the guy that we saw dominating that series against the Jazz before he went down. Um, so I think with Kawhi, he's looking way more like himself, and and that definitely changes the way in which we talk about the Clippers' upside. The question is still the rest of that roster, which is why they made changes at the deadline, and now they're you know have they're flirting with Russell Westbrook. Well, that leads me to the next statement, mm. Russell Westbrook was named in Woj's report as talking uh, him and his representation, Jeff Schwartz, talking to the Wizards, Bulls, Clippers, and the Heat. Those were four teams that were named. The best fit for Russell Westbrook is the Wizards. Yes, that that's definitely true because they're just stuck in the middle and that's all Russ is going to help you be. What that's does it all. matter anyway? 100%. With the Clippers... 
the concerns would suddenly be the same that they were with the Lakers. What does the presence of Westbrook do to the spacing for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? What happens to those attacking lanes when they try to play with space? How does affect how does that affect your ability to play Westbrook on the floor at the same time as Zubats, your center? But, you know, like I just think there's so many questions with the Clippers fit and what that would do to their championship odds. Whereas with these other teams that you mentioned, the Bulls, they're kind of, you know, in the middle of nowhere right now. They could end up with like the ninth pick and lose it to the Orlando Magic. I don't think Russ necessarily helps you get into the postseason. What does a DeRozan Westbrook backcourt look like? That fit would be weird. What do they look like defensively with De- with DeRozan and then Westbrook and Levine? That's just an odd fit. And Vooch. I mean, that's strange. And then the Miami Heat. I mean, I get the appeal, but, you know, Lowry, at least theoretically, can be a floor spacer for you. Uh, what does he do to their spacing? They're already not a good shooting team at all. That only makes you worse. The Wizards are just, hey, come back to play with Brad Beal. When the Heat have been, like, totally healthy, they've been really good, okay? And obviously the Clippers, when totally healthy, can be really, really good. So you're really just down to the Bulls and the Wizards. It would be so much more fun to like if they like get to a play in and somehow were able to beat somebody and get to the playoffs. Having Westbrook like with the Wizards and back with Beal and with Porzingis this time around and that group like that's a lot more fun. They like they're not doing anything anyway. I don't think the Bulls are doing anything. And DeRozan's hurt. The other two. I think he could screw up the Clippers and the Heat. I agree. Especially that, the Clippers. Yeah. He ain't screwing anything up with the what is there to screw up at the Wizards? Who cares? So so we we agree that that's true. The best fit is the Wizards. Where do you want him to go for the best like drama or best story? The best, you know, movie you want to watch. Where do you want him to go? Um I think well, look, he's not going to the number one team, which would be the Denver Nuggets. I was trying to think of how he could face the Lakers. Well, well, uh, uh, of of those four, let's let's say there's nobody else, which there's not. Maybe China, but anywhere else of the NBA teams we're talking about here: the Wizards, Bulls, Clippers, Heat. I'm not so sure about the China thing. You know, I took my son to a game the other night, or a, a workout <laughs> the other night, and I was in this gym. <laughs> and uh, I saw this I guy. Know. I have no, no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> you're going to love this. Guys, I'm talking a mammoth, Kevin. Yeah. A mammoth. A walk-in. Not a guy you would normally see in a gym. All right? Like Zach Eady type of guy. Huge. Bigger. Yeah, bigger. This guy's <laughs> easily over seven foot tall. He's probably 280. Big, big beard. And he's running through a workout. And I'm talking... Pick and pop drills, old thing. Bang, bang, bang. I mean, I'm watching this guy shoot. I'm with my son. I'm like, who the hell is this? And he's with a guy who I've known forever, Lester Hudson. He's a Memphis guy. Lester was an MVP over in China. Oh, and he yeah, was, yeah. Uh, he was, Lester Hudson is the only the player. College, he is the only player in the history of college basketball still to this day to have a quadruple double. And he did it with 10 steals. So Lester's up there and he's working out with this guy, this seven-foot guy. And I'm like, so after they get done, whatever, they get done with their workout. I've known Lester for 20 years. I walk up and I'm talking to him. 
And uh, so I, like the big guy sitting there. And I was, and, and, and uh, Lester's like, yeah. I was like, he's like, you got to beat my boy Dakari, blah, blah, blah. We start talking. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, they had played in China together, whatever. And so uh, I was like, Dakari, I was like, I was like, where'd you go to college? He's like, Kentucky. And I'm like, holy, I'm like, Dakari Johnson. Oh, really? Dakari <laughs> Johnson? It was Dakari Johnson. I swear to you. Wow. This is two nights ago. Dakari Johnson, all right, has a, uh, his daughter is actually in town, but he was, uh, he's been playing over in China, whatever. But the point of this was when I walked in the gym, the guy doesn't miss, Kevin. Like, so you say the guy could go to China. I'm not sure Russ could. <laughs> I'm not sure. Because I'm saying Dakari Johnson was thwack, thwack, thwack. He was on the Booker Towns team at Kentucky um, back in the day. He was a huge, huge high school recruit. But, I mean, you should see the size of this guy now. And it's crazy to think about. I and remember he was when shooting he was playing... threes, Chris? Oh, yeah. In the workout? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh, yes. Corner threes. Huh. Now he played over in China. Um, but yeah, enormous, enormous. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, he's what? I think he's like 27, 28 years old now. Twenty seven. I just looked it up. Twenty seven. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know he played those couple of years in Oklahoma City. I remember right after he got drafted in that second round. Wonder where I had yeah. him ranked in twenty fifteen. I'm looking this up. I had him ranked fifty fourth. I had hmm. never met him before. Sweetest guy, truly. Sweet guy. And he's made a he's made a career out of basketball over in China. Good for him. I don't think he want Russ. <laughs> Maybe he would. They told me Taco Fall ain't doing nothing. They said he he, he said every highlight you see where he looks like Wimbayama over there, that's the only <laughs> highlight from the game. Trust me. <laughs> they say Taco ain't he ain't doing All right. It. So no China then. then no what's China. The, then what's the most entertaining outcome in the NBA for Russell Westbrook? Wizards, Bulls, Clippers, or Heat? I was I so think, sad I, not I think to see him. You know, he, he's he's with the Jazz, and I was going to see the Jazz in person last night. I was so sad that he wasn't playing. I think it's the Clippers because I, I I mean, if it works, like it would be incredible to watch like those guys work together. If Russ has a, this great run with the Clippers and he's putting up huge numbers, like you know when he was with the Rockets and he had that super efficient stretch. Mm, like yeah. if that were to happen with the Clippers, it would be so entertaining to watch, knowing that the Lakers let him go. But also the flip side, if he just implodes that situation, that would be highly entertaining as well. So either way, I feel like it's a win for like a, a non-Clippers fan to watch what would happen in that situation, whether it's good or bad for them. Maybe the most entertaining would be like Phoenix backing up Chris Paul and playing oh, with yeah. Durant like, again. Like, like if, if you're talking about like four, just, yeah entertainment value where they get like Paul insurance, but it's all weird and they've gotten traded for each other a bunch. And then there was the Nets talk about him maybe going there, but then he's like with KD, but he's with Chris Paul. I mean, that would be, or if somebody signed Patrick Beverly and then signed him and he like, <laughs> and that got weird again. Yeah. I think, uh, Washington would be fun. He was good in Washington with Brad Beal. Yeah, Brad, Brad Beal liked led the him. league in scoring, didn't he? Or was second yeah. in the league in scoring. Beal really liked him too. Like they, yeah. they got along. And they need that fire. And who cares anyway? They stink. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. 
Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. Next statement. The Celtics did right by extending Joe Missoula. That's true. For sure. I thought the the statement, you know, in the press release by the Celtics by Brad Stevens said it all. He said he has a unique ability to galvanize a room around a mission. We were thankful for the work he has done to help us get to this point and, and excited that he has agreed to lead us, blah, 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 blah. So, but that first sentence, he has a unique ability to galvanize a room around a mission. You know, Malcolm Brogdon the other day said how this is the best locker room by far that he's ever been a part of. You know, everything we heard about Missoula at the time of their decision to make him the interim head coach was that the players loved him, that they rally around him, that they trust him, that they get along with him. That's all that's happened over the course of this regular season. And I know, you know, you can nitpick and all that from a first year head coach with decisions or lineups or timeouts and adjustments and all that. That's where the real test is going to come in the postseason, right? Like we mentioned Will Hardy early in the podcast. We mentioned him all the time. We talked about it earlier in the week. With that Udoka staff, after Boston lost Will Hardy, the talk around the league was, uh-oh, they lost their big adjustment you know, maker, Will Hardy. That's where we're, we're, we're really going to find out about Missoula is in the playoffs. So in then that has series. to be a might be true, right? No, but this I is think, a team no, prepared but, but, to win a championship, and if the coach isn't good enough... But Chris, your statement was, did the, did the right thing by sending Missoula. What would be the alternative? Play it out. Let him... Coach through the playoffs and then prove yourself. But he's done an awesome job. But nobody cares about what he's done right now. They only care about the playoffs. And if he proves to be green, so green that he can't, no pun intended, uh, that he can't win in the playoffs, and he does get a clown suit put on him by an Eric Spolstra or a Budenholz or somebody, then you're going to go, well, Jesus Christ, this team's ready to win a title right now. They're equipped. They're, these guys are in their prime. and. We got a coach that's in over his head. The, the nitpicking has been because there's so little to nitpick about Boston right now. Their team is so good. But that's when you prove yourself, right? That's when, you, that's when you're going to know if he's a good enough coach to win a title. I just, I just don't think there's any benefit in waiting. You know, this is, he deserved it. He's done an excellent job. This is premature. So you would have waited. Yeah, that might be true. Okay. I would have waited to see. I mean, what's he going to do? What if that would have had a negative effect on team chemistry? Like, why have we not hired Joe? If the locker room it's was not saying have that a after the postseason. Could have, you know. It hasn't, it, do you think it's been a story that does it seem to have been distracting him so far? There's 20-something nope. games left. Not at all. I mean, in fact, I think maybe the opposite is true. That it's like, hey, you know, win this so I get to keep this job. <laughs> 
Maybe they rally around Joe if they all love him so much. Next one. Oklahoma City, the Thunder, is the team with the most promise. That's true. I agree. That is true. They don't even have Chet. SGA looks like a top 10, Jalen Williams guy. The, both of them. You see him, you see him poke on <laughs> that dude? Them. No, the, I'm talking about the Santa Clara one. Oh, I Man, know. I both like of him. them are good. Yeah. They get Chet. Santa Clara one's awesome. Yeah. And then they get Chet in the mix next year. And the thing with Jane, the, the Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, like the, that one, his shot, his shot has not fallen the way that I think it will. Like he's shooting will. 32% from three on the year in a lower volume. Jalen Williams, he's going to be a high 30s guy, like 37, 38, 39%. I and they got the best shooting in coach in the world, right? They got the best shooting coach in the world. Yep. And Chip England, who's done a lot of good work with Josh Giddy. You know, he's not shooting, you know, over 40% from three like he was at, at one point for a, a long stretch right now. But his numbers are still super, super impressive compared to, you know, expectations. So uh, I think with Giddy, um, positive progress, you know, it's not always a constant upward trajectory. Sometimes there's dips and then there's there's more progress that follows. So hopefully that happens for Giddy after a little a little dip recently as a shooter. Yeah, but I'll tell you this, Kev. If I love SGA, I love the Williams kid from Santa Clara. You know, I love Giddy. And if Chet is even 75% of what we think he's going to be, you got four starters. Like, like you, you only got one piece to add for a starting lineup to even it, even the thing out. And then not to mention, like, the other guys, like the other Jalen Williams who could become a solid rotation player for your team. Right. Yeah, like guys like Isaiah Joe, you know, who are playing really well off the bench, shooting the hell out of the ball on a high volume. You, you get pieces. Lou Dort, a great defender. You don't keep all these guys or not. Kendrick Williams, you, you're not going to keep all of these pieces. Right. It's that the team's not going to stay together forever, but you're going to have your choice of who you want to keep. And then you also have, you know, 10 plus future first round draft picks, a boatload of second round draft picks where you can trump any offer that's out there for a star player. You can trade up and move around in the draft if you want to. They have a, the brightest future because of their players currently on the team, but also because of the draft picks that Sam Presti has at his disposal to do whatever the hell he wants to do with. Seeing that beatdown they had last night against Houston. Let me just say, look, all you Houston folks and the ones that wrote articles defaming me, when a month into the season, I called the Rockets disgusting and said it's just AAU basketball and it's it's gross what they're doing to these kids and it's going to screw up some of them uh, and that this is a joke. I, I'm going to be the bigger man and accept your apology preemptively. You don't <laughs> have to send me the apology. You don't. Because I see the disgust that you now are dealing with and... As someone who has experienced it, covered a team like that, I knew what you was ahead of you. I tried to warn you. You didn't like what I had to say at the time, but just understand it's because I love you. And also because I love you, I know that you're probably um, interested in apologizing to me, perhaps even groveling to me, but I'm not going to make you do that. Not. I'm going to let bygones be bygones and say, look, 
I, I knew how you would feel about it. And it's okay. Water under the bridge. Apology accepted. Houston fans. Just want to get that out there. Did they end up losing by 50 or was it less than 50? Um, Might have been less than 50. Let me, let me find the final score. It was at one point uh, when I looked up at the scoreboard while I was at the game, they were down 45. Yeah, it was 133 to 96. They lost for their seventh loss in a row. Yeah. Boy, the lessons they are uh, learning. I, I just, are. I just, I just want to say this. I've continued to plant my flag in the ground in support of Jalen Green. I will continue to. I still think Jalen Green is just stuck in a bad situation right now. There's no uh, question. I still, that's true. I still, I still, I still believe in Jalen Green. I still think he has star upside. I still really like Shengun. Jabari Smith, I'm a little bit more iffy on, you know. Well, look, what you hope with Jalen is that he's Devin Booker. Yes, I, and I that still, you can see your I, way through. I still believe in him. I do. I re- I really still see Great it with Jalen Green. He is, and, and I like. I, I think he's. I think he's one of those guys where maybe maybe I'm holding on too much to what he did in the G League, but what I saw the way he kind of adapted to that team and, and played more off ball and his. All, you know, he started cutting more and made better passes over the course of the season with the G League. His defense improved. His attentiveness and awareness defending off ball improved over the course of the G League season. Like, he learned a lot of good habits in that good situation. With the Rockets, it's all bad habits. But I still think if the situation improves around him, like if they land Victor Wembenyama or if they land Scoot Henderson, right? A point guard, a guy who leads your offense in Scoot, or a guy who's a complete, you know, franchise changer in Wembenyama. Those guys like perfectly fit with Jalen Green, just like I think Paolo Bancaro would have. They thought they were going to get Bancaro, they didn't. They ended up with Jabari Smith. Maybe, maybe the same. I is still not like true Jabari. They, I do. I, I, yeah, there's, Jabari, there's still something there. Jabari, but you're gonna have to wait on him longer than the others. You are. But he's going to grow into that body, and he's going to be something to mess around with. What I'm worried about is the shot, though, because like he he shot the hell out of it, hell out of the ball at Auburn. He did not in high school, and he's not in the NBA. So, like, what if the Auburn year was an outlier? That's that's where my concern is Fair right enough. now. Uh, yeah. uh, you know what? Speaking of the G League, let's go to this one next. I'm excited. I'm going to actually see the aforementioned Scoot Henderson. I'm going to go to those games Friday that he's night. playing in. Over the weekend, not, not only Friday night, but also he'll be in the uh, G League All-Star game on Sunday, I believe. I think he's going to play in both. Uh, Scoot Anderson is going number two in the draft, and there'll for sure be a bunch of other conversation, but all that other talk that's going to come about is just that. It's just talk. When it's all said and done, Wemayama's one, Scoot's two, and it's locked. I'll say that might be true. Because it, it, if you look at the number, the potential teams in the lottery, likely would take Scoot Henderson. I'd say Rockets, Spurs, Magic, Pelicans, Wizards, Raptors, Jazz, Thunder. But teams that might consider a Brandon Miller or somebody else over Scoot, I'd say the Pistons. They got Cade. They just drafted Jaden Ivey, right? The Charlotte Hornets, they got LaMelo Ball. The Pacers, Halliburton. Matherin, a bunch of guards, even Nemhard coming off their bench. The Blazers have Dame. They have Simons. The Thunder have SGA and Giddy as some lead ball handlers. So I think Pistons, Hornets, Pacers, Blazers, Thunder. Those five teams, maybe they try to trade down from number two. 
or maybe they take somebody else, a Brandon Miller, whoever it might be, and Amen Thompson, who granted he's more in the ball handler category too. I think Brandon Miller, you know, who I've, I've had at number three since November, um, pretty, you know, a lot of people have, have, have him at three now over Amen Thompson out of the overtime elite. Uh, I could see any of them taking Brendan Miller three over or two over Scoot Henderson, but I think a trade down would make a lot more sense to gain more draft capital. Yeah, a lot of Brandon Miller buzz. I know they lost last night to Tennessee, but I mean they had, I mean they they were up to number one in the country. They're beating SEC teams by an average of twenty points. I mean, and he's the best player. So for he gained a lot of buzz. I know you were on him early, but he gained a lot of buzz over the course of this last three weeks because they're just bombing everybody out in the conference, which is not easy to do. I mean, they were treating the SEC like Gonzaga used to the West Coast Conference, Mm. where it's just like trashing these teams night in and night out. Now, they got beat, like I said, by Tennessee in that game, but they had moved up to number one, and it's kind of like freshman phenom, best team. They're killing all these other SEC teams. Brandon Miller... Man, it's like everywhere you turned, he really, his name really started cooking these last couple of weeks. And he's improved, right? Like, I think earlier in the season, you know, in Ringer NBA draft show with me and Kyle Mann, earlier in the year, we're talking about how, you know, he's not getting to the basket. He's not drawing fouls. He's not finishing around the rim. He's improved so, so much in that, you know, specific category over the course of the year to look like a more complete scorer instead of a guy who's solely reliant on outside jumpers. I mean, he's answered questions about his game every step of the way, including even early season. In in high school, he was more of a mid-range guy than a three-point shooting guy. So he extended his range first, you know, at the start of the year to shoot more threes. Still, you know, crushing from mid-range when necessary, too. But now he's also getting to the basket, you know, more successfully. So I I think with Miller, you got to give him a, a lot of credit for that's why. He, his draft stock has, has continued to raise over the course of the year. Why would I have him over Scoot? No. Um, but I think there's certain teams that the fit, when you factor that into the equation, Miller makes more sense than Henderson. All right, two more before we get out of here. Uh, the dunk contest and the three-point contest should offer the winner $1 million. That yeah, one million or more, whatever, whatever the number is, that's true. It should be like we we can't. I mean, I love Mac McClung, and I'm sure he'll put on a absolute show on Saturday night. That guy can dunk with the best of the best. I'm sure Trey Murphy, you know, with the Pelicans, I love him. He's you know that dude is a really fun player. He could be in a three point shooting contest too, right? He's one of the few guys. But I just I just think like the fact we have no stars in this. If you had a million bucks. No stars. Guys would do that. Yeah. You could get the best of the best for a million bucks. I know. It's it's just unfortunate. You know, KJ Martin, Trey Murphy, Jericho Sims, Ugh. Mac McClung. McClung just signed a 10-day contract. McClung saved or it, two-way, though. two-way, whatever. Because I was like, man, I don't even think I'll watch that thing. You know, Ma- he McClung, told Chums, McClung is, yeah, oh, the two dunks nobody's ever seen. He saved it by saying there's two dunks that no one has ever done in any dunk contest. And I'm like, how is the best promotion for the dunk contest done by the guy that's not even like an NBA regular? Yeah. Like, he's the one that's got me wanting to see it now because if you tell me there's going to be two dunks that no one has ever done in any dunk contest, then I'm now I'm interested. Mac McClung has gotten me interested in the friggin' NBA dunk contest. Figure that out. And he's not even in the NBA. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's tough. That's tough. Uh, you'd get the best of the best, honestly. And I don't understand why that's such a, I mean, that's a, that's an easy fix to me to just make the prize money big. I Last agree. one. All right, let's draft our teams. I'll be, uh, we're going to draft our all-star teams and we'll just do the starters. Okay. So this isn't um, a, that might be true or, or that's ridiculous. Nope. We're done with that. We're done with okay. that. Game. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That game stinks. <laughs> I love well, that. We got to figure out, hold on. Let me make sure I got the all-star starters. Now, uh, Embiid said he was hurt. So is he even going to do the thing? So yeah, we got I mean, to include him in the draft for now, though. We do? Okay. All right. Yeah. Fine. So there's there's Jokic, LeBron. No, LeBron's uh, drafting. LeBron. Yeah, I know. And I know. I know. Luka, Luka Doncic. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, John Morant is starting and Lori Markinen. And then in the East, it is, well, it's no longer Kevin Durant. Uh, and Kyrie Irving will still Tatum. start the game. Embiid, yep. Tatum, Mitchell, Mitchell, and then who is the fifth one in the place of Durant? Uh, th- th- those are them: Tatum, Embiid, Mitchell. Well, I guess Irving now. I I, <laughs> I don't know actually. Well, but it doesn't that's... matter because they're all going to split up anyway. But who right. is taking Durant's spot as a starter in the East? Because he's not going to he's not going to play. And I know they've added. Well, it was Embiid, players. right? Oh, okay. So he's going to be the starter. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. I don't think the NBA I think you're right. Has, I don't That's think the right. league has actually announced this yet, have they? That's right. No, it is. MB. Because Markinen is in the West. He took uh, Zion's spot. And John Morant took Curry's spot. And you're right. It is MB. But wait, we have... The thing is, though, is we have Tatum, Embiid, Mitchell to draft from the East. And then there's Jokic, Luka, Morant, Kyrie, Lowry, five guys. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because this is, they're not doing it as West. All right. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. Okay. okay. All right. So, th- that, so those are, that's our pool of eight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm Giannis and you're LeBron since you love okay. LeBron so much. Well, I also love it. I just made a case for Giannis as MVP. I love him too. Everybody forgot that. That was so long ago. Um, <laughs> because I'm Giannis and you're LeBron, who, God, I don't know how he's going to play through this foot injury in the All-Star game. <laughs> Did you see the um, Lakers last night, though, Chris? Got, yeah, Did I saw They look him. better it, than they have all year. I saw Anthony Davis carry him. Well, they also started their best players. They threw Beasley and Vanderbilt in there. Like, those guys are better than Dennis Schroeder and Bobo Malone or whoever the hell they're right, trying okay. to run who, who gets the fir- Who gets the you first You do, pick? because you've oh. got the gimpy foot. Okay, I get the gimpy foot. Okay, I'm going to yep. go. I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is the first pick. Yep. And is this right. a game to like save the world? Is this like a game for $10 billion? Is that- yes, to save okay. the world. Okay. So I will take Luka Doncic. Okay, I'm going to take Nikola Jokic. Oh, your team is so slow. Uh, <laughs> Jason Tatum. <laughs> I'll go with Donovan Mitchell. John Morant. Of course you went with John Morant. Well, who take, else am I going to take? I'll take Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> my team's going to dominate yours, dude. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Then, all right. I guess. <laughs> you got Lowry. 
Oh, I guess I got Laurie Marketed. Hey, you got Laurie. All right. Morant, Tatum, Luca, Laurie Marketed, and Giannis. <laughs> yep. Versus yep. Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron, Embiid, Jokic. My team's pretty nice. So I mean, yours is too, but, you know, mine's better. Yeah, you're too slow. No, I'm not. And Kyrie's going to, like, he, he's going <laughs> to burn that thing down from the inside. You know what I mean? Nah. These guys are going to be high on incense trying to get out to the court. <laughs> oh, there's the trap. Kevin, hopefully I'll see you. Yeah, tweet tweet at us. Tweet, tweet at us with which, which of those five win the mine. game to save the universe. Mine. 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 Yeah, I'm um, just going to keep attacking Luca and Morant on defense. Go ahead. We'll do, we'll, we're too fast for you. You guys are slow. You guys are going to okay. run out of gas quick. Plus, LeBron's got a bum foot. Kyrie's weird. Um, all right. I hope I see a moose, Kevin Costner, and you in Salt Lake City, Kevin. I hope to as well. And that's the, weekend, order. that's the order, Chris. That's actually the order. <laughs> <laughs> moose, Kevin Costner, and you. Um, thanks to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the All-Star break, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.